Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back. We're doing Region 2 here. We're going to start off with the Waterloo Woodchucks, coached by Coach G Money. These guys have been on a tear. They're the number four team in the land. Uh, I mean, everyone's scoring and scoring well. I mean, these guys <laughs> scored 91.7 points per game on 56.9% true shooting. They got big men. You want big men? They got big men. You want uh, defensive guards who can score? They got defensive guards that can score. Um, great assist to turnover ratio. You look at their team, and Waterloo is number um, seven in points margin, number 10 in free throws attempted, number six in true shooting, number six in rebounding margin, number two in points, number seven in point. Yeah, I said seven in point margin. So, uh, <laughs> uh, and then they're going up against Shawnee, the Shawnee Chaudets. Uh, <laughs> so Shawnee, um, I know the guy that took over him. He saw him, and they were like a really good. I don't know if he's going to stick. <laughs> I'm not even sure if he knows that he's in the NTT. So I feel a little <laughs> bit about that. It's like I didn't make the NTT, but this guy's. I was like, hey, pick up this team, like, and I know he's recruited and stuff like that. But um, so yeah, um, Shawnee, solid team. You got Brandon Escato, uh, six seven point guard. Uh, just, I mean, he's shooting 57.1%, uh, really solid guy. They came out of conference 26 and um, upset uh, Austin, upset Plainview in the championship to make it. Um, but this is a tough matchup, you know. Uh, you kind of got to stop everybody, and um, I don't know if you have enough. It doesn't seem like he's got the horses to come close to uh, Waterloo. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, Waterloo's just absolutely insane. With Paul Coleman, 14.3 rebounds a game. I want to know if that is like, what's the career? Yeah. Or uh, not necessarily career, but what's the best uh, for a season? Is that is that the best for a season? Because I'd be very curious to see if that's the case. Uh, I've never seen something that well, high. Have you ever seen a team with six players scoring in double digits? Uh, not that efficiently. No. Oh, six so players. Seen- oh, six. six. No, six, I haven't seen yeah. six. No, I have not seen six. That's crazy. I didn't even see Colby Jordan down there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah but six six players uh, shooting double digits. I've No, I, six players I've never seen. In all – Efficient, pretty much. You know, oh, Ethan yeah. Miller is probably the low one. It's like his classes. It's not like they're amazing. Huh. You know, they're – but, you know, they're they're putting in work. Um, they're doing well. They beat some really solid teams. So, they lost to Knoxville. Um, and the thing about this team is interesting. It's like they haven't really – the team – they got one win on their schedule that's like, okay, that's that's a good win to call them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you look at the rest and it's like, you played a lot of good teams, but not great teams. No bad teams necessarily, but teams you should win. Right. They're killing them. Uh, So, except for losing to Knoxville by one, lost by Chicago by three. So, I'm interested to see how they they perform, you know, here in this, uh, in this NTT. I mean, they got a, yeah. they got a solid team and they're beating the teams they should beat, which is good, but mm-hmm. 
Number one seems a little high. I mean, their their strength of schedule seems a little high too. I think. Yeah, it it's really interesting to see uh, a team averaging so many rebounds and not shooting very many threes. Right, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of it's coming from in the paint, um, and yet Paul Coleman still pulling down four offensive rebounds, and then yeah. Ethan Miller just com- down, coming. He just pulled down four more. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so it's, yeah, it is interesting. They're maybe not as battle tested, um, but I don't think that's necessarily going to do it for like, I, I'm not too worried about it. Um, just looking at, you know, points that they're throwing up compared to at least this first game, you know, Shawnee shotties. Um, is not somebody, not a team who shoots a ton. Uh, 64 is on the lower side. Uh, they don't they do have a ton a lot of, of threes. They do shoot a lot of threes. That's true. So you you can always look at that for upset potential, um, especially their their point guard, which is their best player. Um, mm-hmm. Brandon Escato throwing up a ton of those and shooting 40, basically 40% uh, on them. So yeah. that's really, really solid there. Um, but not a ton of blocks. Um, to be able to combat that inside shooting of Waterloo. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I wonder how Daniel Johnson, another seven footer is going to do against him. Um, mm. it, yeah. It, it's at least an intriguing matchup, you know? Sure. Um, so uh, I'm sure uh, coach Pretzelman's thinking really hard about his team and what he can do to win this matchup. Mm-hmm. Um, so. But you, you look at that sophomore class and you see 140-35. And that 35 is uh, Brandon Scott. That's over 100 point, 100 uh, recruit ranking difference. That's, that's pretty right. big. <laughs> that is a big jump. All right. Um, let's look at Aberdeen, the tribe, coached by Coach Nea, um, with uh, Reginald O'Donnell, the junior. They're mm-hmm. the eight seed uh, going up against Peoria Olympians three. Not two, not one. Um, <laughs> so Peoria is number five in true shooting, number four in defensive points allowed. Um, yeah, and then Aberdeen is number seven in defensive free throws allowed, number nine, eight in three points attempted. Yeah, so hmm. interesting matchup. You know, you got Reginald McDonald. Uh, Zachary Estrada, the jun- the two juniors um, leading it for them. Peoria uh, kind of has more of a balanced um, attack. You got uh, you got uh, Jonathan Lacoste and Christian Tucker, the twin towers down there at the center. <laughs> um, I don't know if uh, Tucker, yeah, Tucker's been playing center since uh, Pontiac, and since he's played center, they have went. Um, 10, 9 and 0. So that's wow. pretty good. Yeah. Uh, 10 and 0. So, and honestly, not too many other games have been that close. It's not like they've won by one point. So I think right. that was a turning point in their season, moving Lacoste to um, power forward and moving Tucker to center. And mm-hmm. Lacoste, uh, you look at him, since he's moved to power forward, he's scoring a lot of points. Um, and he's shooting efficiently. So I feel like uh, Peoria is coming on strong here uh, at the most important time. 
Yeah. Yeah. And it's definitely with Tucker uh, at center. I mean, basically he's averaging 10, 11 rebounds mm-hmm. a game. Uh, and with uh, decent blocks, decent assists, not much steals, but not many turnovers either. Um, so really solid role player and then had a, had a fun game, uh, on their championship game, throwing down 10 points at the same time. Um, yeah, yeah, obviously definitely a really good move by the coach, um, coach, uh, Achilles three to go along with Peoria Olympians three. I love that. Um, yeah, I think that's a, yeah, the twin towers of the, yeah, that's great. Um, and then you're going up against Aberdeen tribe who, uh, ranked 29, only won 11, but against the number two strength of schedule, uh, a bit of a shorter team, mm-hmm. right? Uh, only a six, seven power forward and Brian Todd, six, eight, Zachary Estrada as your center. Um, not really hurting Brian Todd too much. You know, he's pulling in 9.4 boards, uh, good assist, good steals, good, decent blocks for his height at that position. Um, and Estrada is doing well at 10 boards per game, two blocks, uh, and, and decent shooting at 12 points with, um, 53% true shot. Um, it's a tight one. Yeah. I want to, I want to give it to the height on this. Uh, but you never, you never know with Reginald O'Donnell, like if he just goes off, I mean, 26 points per game, like that's. That's crazy. Um, that's a yeah. lot of points per game, and he shoots a lot of threes. And so, if he just has a game um, that everything's just clicking, it could it could easily be the the decider there. Um, because who cares if you have two massive guys in the paint if you just stay outside and shoot threes all day, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's that's gonna be it. You know, can. Aberdeen, you know, just keep shooting threes and make um, make the Twin Towers irrelevant. I think mm-hmm. that's the question we're all asking. We all, we all want to know. Um, I mean, you know, Aberdeen's got the talent advantage, I think, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you look at their classes, they look, they look pretty good. Um, Peoria, you know, I guess Peoria's isn't that bad yeah, either. So. Peoria's not that bad. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, sh- it, it should be interesting. I, um, yeah, very similar teams. Uh, and, you know, it's just the difference of playing in a tough conference against playing in a not as tough conference, you know? Right, right. Um, one of the things about playing in a tough conference is you really have to figure out how can I get the best on my team. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So, cool. Let's move on to the next team. Let's uh, move on to the four... 13 matchup. You got the Salem, Salem Renegades number one going up against the Norfolk beer drinkers. Um, Norfolk has that senior class uh, led by Cody Rosler and uh, Daniel Kane and uh, William Spinner, their point guard. So, and they're doing they're doing it all for them. Uh, Salem Salem's got some really good classes out there. Uh, they're very small at the point guard and the shooting guard. Uh, they kind of run a double point guard type thing out there, you know. Yeah. Uh, Christopher Phillips, he's not a good shooter. He's shooting 33% from the field, 28 from three. Um, but he's going against a tough schedule. And they really rely on uh, Amish Rivera, Travis Green, 
container okay. So um, those guys are big. Those are, those guys are big time. This team is battle tested. They went to the Elite Eight two years ago. Last year they mm-hmm. went to the Final Four. This year they want to cut down the nets. Uh, it's going to be different. You don't have an Isaiah Dugas on your team anymore, um, and and it's showing. Chris Christopher Phillips just isn't. He isn't who they want, um, right? And they're they're small, but that that starting lineup is is talented, and they went through a gauntlet in uh, Conference Thirty One, beating Salt Lake City um, by eight. Um, they did lose to, uh, they lost the second time. They lost to Carson City three times. Um, so uh, Carson City's had their number, but this is a really solid team. Uh, mm-hmm. The 13 seed, worst strength of schedule in the league. In, um, in the league, 256. Uh, <laughs> you cannot get worse than that. <laughs> um, so real quick, Norfolk is – Number five in defensive three points allowed. Number 10 in true shooting. Um, number five in free throws. Number, yeah, and that's it. And then uh, Salem is number nine in offensive rebounds. Number four in steals. And number nine in turnovers. Uh, yeah. So, do you think the five foot, the two five foot guys are going are gonna to hurt them? Not when you have three guys averaging th- 20 game score or higher uh, mm-hmm. in the paint, especially when you're going up against a, a team that is basically one class heavy, right? They have one senior class, which is really solid. And then William Spinner, Daniel Kane, and Colby Rosler. Um, but if those guys get into foul trouble, Norfolk has nobody really to fall back on. Mm-hmm. Um and you look at uh, Salem, who is averaging only 14.2 fouls per game and drawing 16.8, which is, if I'm not mistaken, that's pretty high, high in terms of average. Um, and so it just seems like a, a rough matchup um, for, I mean, what, what are you going to really ask for when you're, when you're talking of like a 413, right? It's just, it just is what it is. Um, but Anish Rivera, Charles Green, and Tanner O'Kane. I remember Tanner I was, was somebody that I originally was going to max out, but then I was like, that's too big of a tie. I'm not dealing with that. Yeah. Uh, and dropped off. And he's obviously like Salem getting him was a what a what a win in that tie. I don't remember how many yeah. people were actually on him, but it's an absolute beast of a player down down low. And I think, you know, coach, um, yeah, Co- Coach Robodog, 1971. He's got to sit down and talk to Christopher Phillips. Like, <laughs> Christopher Phillips can lose them a game. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. it, it, like, if you allow um, Amish Rivera, if you allow Charles Green and Tanner O'Kane to carry you, you're mm-hmm. going to go far. Right. But you look at, Chris, look at Christopher Phillips' game log. Three for 15, three for 12, five for seven, five for 18 versus Carson City in the semifinals of the conference tournament. <laughs> like you, like Stop he's shooting 40.6. Like there's no reason he should be shooting 10. And it's not like he has a bad assisted turnover ratio. Like right. I'd rather, I'd rather him have 
four turnovers and like take five less shots, you know, because <laughs> it's right. like those shots aren't going. In. Um, so, and you know, I, you know, I, I'm sure the kid's a good kid, you know, he's, <laughs> yeah, he's sure. I'm sure he's fine. He's you know, kid. he shot 46% uh, at point guard in high school, but you're in the mm-hmm. NTT now and you can't lose your team a game. Like, right. Allow Amish Rivera to take over and win these games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I was looking at their their squad because I mean the freshman class of forty seven fifty three is not a bad class and I'm like yeah okay you got two six seven guys in Christopher Phillips why aren't they being played and then I was like oh you have literally no other height those mm-hmm. freshman six seven guys have to be your backup center and power forward he has no choice. Yeah. And so that has to be the reason why Christopher Phillips is even getting the nod to start. Um, And yeah. Yeah. He must, he, I would, maybe he has some good defense. I mean, 1.4 steals in high school Uh, and he had 5.5 assists and 16 points in, in high school. Yeah. Um, Like, but don't overdo it. Yeah. Like realize that you aren't the best player on the team anymore. You're not Doug Eater. Okay, like you're you're just not, you know, uh, like there's only one duck eater. He's taking down Kentucky. He's taking down Murray State. And now he's taking down Purdue, uh, you know, and that's just not who you are. Like stay in your lane. You're a freshman. Let the big boys do what they've done for three straight years. Like right. Sweet 16, Elite Eight, Final Four. This is the year. Like their trajectory is looking like, okay, this O'Kane's last year. Uh, I got, yeah, Amish Rivera and Charles Green. They got a chance, but don't shoot us in the foot. Like, <laughs> you, you know who he reminds me of? It, like, he's a little bit like Curbelo off of uh, Illinois. Sorry mm. to uh, JD, <laughs> but that guy, that guy is like, he does some good things and he does some, what the heck are you doing out there? <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway, I know JD's a huge uh, line. <laughs> Throw that in. Anyway, we're going to move on. Sorry, we talked way too much about them. Not enough about the beer drinkers. Try to try to show up to the game not hung out over. Um, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's look at this five seed. They're really interesting. Really bad strength to schedule, too, but 17-1. and one. San Jose, the Rangers, coached by Coach Rido. Um, the heartbreak kid. So, um, do you remember the story of the heartbreak kid or no? Like no, how we call it. So uh the first uh the first um PNTT tournament he was in and he's uh um he's Lokester's son. Uh so Lokester's Ooh, wait, which team are we talking about? San Jose. San Jose, okay, okay. Um he's Lokester's son and he uh he made it to the semifinals of the PNTT. Uh, he was like in like he kept on winning like on buzzer beers and stuff so <laughs> I, I started calling him the heartbreak kid because he'd break all these hearts like oh, the way it. it's like i mean this guy's like i i don't even think maybe he has his driver's license right now but i think he's pretty young. i think he's high school like i don't know exactly how old he is but um gotta love it so his team has just been rolling you know on that junior class with samuel hartman and luke campbell those mm-hmm. guys really carrying um, the load for him. Gosh, Samuel Hartman is playing incredible. 11 rebounds, 3.9 assists, 3.6 blocks, only 0.8 turnovers, uh, 10, 10 points. points. 
mm. really, really efficient shooting. You want them to shoot more. Uh, oh, yeah. But they're – I mean, this team's just been rolling. Not a great strength to schedule, but he's being the teams that are in front of him. And uh, running that zone, and he gets a matchup against a 16-2 and two team in uh, Virginia Beach Vipers. So two, And they're the 254 strength of schedule. They got Andrew Abels, Oliver Pritchett, Wyatt Turner. Uh, yeah, I mean, all their players are pretty solid uh, mm-hmm. up and down the list. Let's look real quick at these two teams. Uh, San Jose is number seven in defensive points allowed. They're number five in defensive free throws allowed. Number 10 in defensive three points allowed. Uh, number seven in defensive true shooting. Number eight in true shooting margin. So, yeah, and then Virginia Beach is number eight in true shooting, number two in turnovers, number, yeah, so they don't turn it over, they hit efficient shots, don't play anyone tough, but you know what, neither does San Jose, so it's a great (laughs) matchup, Um, you know, two teams like that going against each other. Both had a little bit of troubles in the preseason, but once the regular, once the big legs came on and they played, um, yeah, it was, it was a good matchup. The one thing I do want to mention is that um, Virginia Beach likes to take it inside and hit shots, and San Jose plays that zone. So mm-hmm. that should be interesting, especially with their big man. Uh, it should be a good matchup, and we'll see if uh, Andrew Abels can really attack that zone um, from the um, small forward position and even mm. Keegan Schindler. So it should be interesting. What do you think? Yeah. Um, definitely looking at Andrew Abel's Oliver Pritchett, um, for Virginia beach, um, 22.2 game score. Um, he's good enough. Good points. Decent shoot, like decent shooting percentage, um, with 1.8 blocks, actually getting more blocks than his, uh, teammate, Wyatt Turner from the center. So, um, Probably some good athleticism there. Um, love to see Nathaniel Harold with a four to one tr- uh, turnover ratio and pretty decent shooting. I mean, as a point guard, he's great. He's maybe a little weak on the defense, at least in stealing, but he's good hands, decent shooting, and really good free throw shot, which is what you want in a point guard. Um, both are really just not tested, right? Yeah. Um, Virginia lost to College Station Vipers. They lost to Ithaca. They later beat Ithaca. Um, but uh, really, San Jose, they, like you said, had some rough going exhibition, but so does everybody. Um, they lost to Indianapolis. They lost to St. Petersburg, but they, they didn't lose again until a odd game against Riverside Rain. Um, in which, oh, we you want to know why? They lost because both D'Angelo Daniels and Samuel Hartman fouled out. Samuel Hartman mm. only played half that game, and they went into yeah. overtime, so even less. He only played 19, point, 19 minutes. Um, so pretty reasonable or pretty understandable why that happened. Um, so I, I would say I would probably, I don't know, it would be definitely a good game, uh, two untested, uh, player uh, teams here. I think that as long as uh, San Jose stays out of foul trouble on their junior, their point guard and their center, I think they have a really good shot at, at winning that game. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I am interested. 
Um, I'm going to take Virginia Beach here. And I think the reason I'm taking them is because last year they had this starting five, and last year they made it to the Elite Eight. Um, mm. That's a 15 seed. Uh, so I think they have, like, they have some uh, cohesion amongst them. And, sure. you know, San Jose is just, you know, they're a good team. They've been to the NTT before, um, but they haven't been there in a while. And it's going to be hard to um, get up for a game like this versus a fail tested team. Yeah. What I will say one note on that. What's interesting is they're same players, slightly different lineup for yeah. Virginia mm-hmm. Beach, mm-hmm. right? Oliver Pritchett's moved to, to power forward. And playing and, much less efficient. Right. And so I'm wondering what the thought process is there. Yeah. I don't know. All right. Let's move on. We got the Wooster Italian Mafia, the PNTT champions. Coach Statwolf right now is at home hugging the PNTT trophy. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, probably getting tons of eye rolls from his wife. And did you know this? And how about this for the PNTT champs? So, okay, a little history here for Wooster. Wooster, a couple years ago, um, six years ago, was coached by a coach named Coach Wise Guy, and he said, can't win here. Can't win here. Um, uh, and uh, he up and left. Like He's like, I, I'm winning ties, and the ties I win, I'm not, I'm not doing anything with them. And he left. Stan Wolf took over the team from Galveston, and he's turned them into a contender. Um, most obviously, getting Robbie Edison really helped that. But since then, he's brought in a 28-21 class for sophomores and then a 117-50 class uh, for the freshmen, led by Alexander Jackson and Joaquin uh, Erickson. A huge tie getting 11.7 rebounds, 2.1 assists, 3.2 blocks. And he's playing, he's playing great. Uh, I mean, and this team, this team is really solid. They've lost two games all year. They lost in the semis to New York City and they lost to Cambridge, but they've, they've beat some good teams. They came out of the PNTT's lower bracket to make it. And this is actually Wooster's first ever NTT appearance. So congratulations to your school. Like, that's an incredible accomplishment. There's not many teams left that have now been to an NTT. So, yeah. Yeah, that's that's awesome. What's really interesting, uh, you haven't said the stats yet, but both of these teams take twenty more than 23s a game. Three. Yeah, 23-pointers. Yeah. Uh, it's crazy. Um, it's, you want me to read the stats? Yeah, go for it. So Wooster is number one in offensive rebounding, number 10 in rebound margin, number four in points, number 10 in uh, defensive free throws allowed, number one in three points attempted. Uh, Yeah, so they shoot a lot of threes. They get a ton of offensive rebounds with those big guys there, that big guy there. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, they're winning. (laughs) Uh, Fort Worth is number three in three points attempted and that's it so uh yeah what yeah what do you think what do you, yeah how's this well, matchup i i wanna and i think for fort worth is gonna have to make some changes right now they're running zone 
Yeah, don't run zone. Don't yeah, run don't zone. run zone on these guys. Uh, that seems like a bad plan. Uh, Joseph Burke, if I remember correctly, was somebody that we almost went. Yeah, he was in our region. Uh, yeah, Joseph Burke is sneaky. I think he's a really, really solid player. He's getting 11 rebounds, uh, almost 12 rebounds in high school as a 6'9 player. He's a really solid player. Um, so keep your eyes on him and on Dominic Cross if they're going to make a real run for it. Uh, that would be kind of the deciding factor. And then obviously you're just going to have, you're going to have to hit, hit more threes in the competition. Uh, it's yep. really just, it's just a shootout. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's congrats to Statwolf. This is uh, quite the turnaround for this team. Um, it's been fun to watch. It's been fun to see a new, cause I haven't really seen it. I'm not that, uh, I haven't been in this league for that long. I've been here since season 15. I was, I will, I'm completely new to DTL from there. Um, so this is somewhat of a new offensive strategy that I haven't really seen deployed, uh, or at least successfully deployed. Cause I haven't noticed it. Threes uh, and rebounds. Yeah. Threes and rebounds and it's, it's working right? Rank five yeah. on a strength of schedule of 60, right? So he's playing solid teams. His first three games right out the bat was Ocala, Aberdeen, and Des Moines, which are all mm -hmm. really solid players. Seeing teams follow it up with New York City, Manassas. I mean, that is, you can't slouch at that. And they beat Manassas twice. Um, that, those are, that's a really solid team. Um, and so this is working. Um, I, yeah, it's it's crazy. I'm gonna lean uh, to Wooser here, uh, just because Yaquin Yaquin uh, Erickson is is a beast who's bringing down, who's really just gluing this game plan together. Right, this doesn't work if you don't have two guys who can bring in uh, the offensive boards when you miss the threes. So, mm -hmm. um, I think that's yeah. gonna be the main difference there. Great. Well, let's talk about the next matchup. We got the seventh ten. We got Fremont Mighty Tarzans. You know this team very well. This is oh, your yeah. roommate. Um, still roommates? Not yeah. not anymore. He moved away. Oh, moved states. He left. Moved states. Where would he yeah. go? He went to Minnesota. From Michigan to Minnesota. 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 All right. All right. Go to draw right. there in Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. So obviously Joseph Amber and just just a stud oh, <laughs> yeah. mate potentially the best player in the tournament uh he's mm -hmm. up there for sure um and they're going up against the scranton Caledons, 14-4 25th rank 94 strength of schedule um led by their center parker tillman uh 17.7 rebounds 60.8 percent true shooting uh yeah plays defense yeah, not the greatest rebounder, but does everything else pretty well. Um, so Scranton, uh, still looking for that strangler. Um, they're ninth in defensive true shooting percentage, ninth in true shooting margin, number eight in turnovers, number 10 in points given up, number nine in uh, okay, defensive true shooting. I think I already got that. So they're a defensive team. Um, Fremont is number... So Amber's the fourth overall, um, fourth overall in player score, game score. They're mm -hmm. number three in defensive three pointers allowed, and that's it. So, 
you got the lowdown on Fremont. Um, what do you think of this matchup versus yeah. Grant? Uh, it's just a massive monster team uh, is really what Fremont is. Mm-hmm. They are yeah. just super huge um, and uh, overall just solid team. Um, you have Brandon Freeman, who's kind of a, a sneakier player underneath, you know, Joseph Auburn, Ethan Thomas, and Matthew Roberts, who are kind of, um, they're part of the better classes, right? You know, Brandon Freeman's only part of that 89, 99 class. So it's easy to kind of sleep on him, but he puts down really efficient shooting 19 points on 50%, 57% true shot. Um, he's not doing much more than that, but he has the second best uh, plus minus on the team. So when he's on the, when he's on the court, they're winning. Um, obviously Joseph Auburn, your hat, you have to find an answer to um, Amber. Um, yeah. If you don't find an answer to him, he's just going to run away with the game. Um, mm-hmm. I've seen it happen a couple too many times. Um, it, it's just, it, you got to do something. Um, what's interesting is that, Ethan Thomas and Matthew Roberts, part of the eight, nine class are kind of, I don't, I'm not saying underutilized, but they're not showing really how good they are. Um, mm-hmm. I've seen where I've uh, something that might be a, a little odd to most people. Fremont and I do run a number of scrims against each other. Um, and so I've seen what they can do. Uh, and so they're, they're a bit sneaky under there, uh, being kind of um, uh, under the shadow of Joseph, right? Um, so a really solid team, maybe maybe a bit younger. Uh, you do have Verbrell and Freeman who have been, uh, well, we were, we were to the Elite Eight last season um, and uh, and have been just a really solid. Verbrell can do some really shut down defense and obviously passes really well. Um yeah, they're a really solid team. Um, it'll be interesting to see what Scranton comes up to try and try and deal with them. Yeah, for sure. And the whole bottom part of this bracket is, uh, yeah, just really interesting. I mean, the next mm-hmm. matchup is a lot of fun. Um, Anna Arbor and Ocala, um, I know both these guys personally, so that's fun. I have a lot of experience with Anna Arbor and Arbor. Is number um, seven in three pointers attempted, number six in points, number, yeah, and that's it. Ocala. Ocala last year they won the uh, RTT and then they get the 2 1 class and they put themselves in a position to compete and mm-hmm. they've done pretty well. So they got those three big men in Wood, Edgerton, and Stewart to complement. Elijah Joshua, who is just, he's been playing incredible this year, you know? Oh, yeah. So last year, he played 12 minutes a game, and he shot pretty good, 47 from the field, 58 from three. Um, But they started him this year, and he's just flourished, you know, alongside Javon Main. Javon Main's a solid player in himself. So I think this matchup is actually really intriguing because they shoot so many threes and are, you know, they're two guards through at least. And um, yeah. And I runs that zone and can 
Justin Stewart, can he shut down? How, how is he going to look against a guy like Anthony Baker who can just score so many – I mean, who just he can score lots of points. Right. Uh, yeah, and I was just an interesting team. They have so much talent. Uh, they, they might be the most talented team out there. I, I mean, their their recruiting classes aren't that high, but, I mean, they have studs, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, Austin A-Rod is every bit of as advertised and better. He's he's really good. Tucker mm-hmm. Johnson is an efficiency monster. Alexis Norton. Um, maybe their weak spot is their center, but he's 7-2. It doesn't really matter, you know. Right. <laughs> um, at that point, and he's, he's a good defender. Uh, so I, I think it should be a fun matchup. Uh, they didn't, they haven't played each other yet, so, um, it should be interesting, but yeah. Uh, what do you think? Yeah. Uh, it's really cool to see Elijah Johns, Joshua come from the bench and just flourish like that. Uh, and, uh, you can definitely see that, um, McCall has just been trying to figure out how who do how do they get the best out of their freshmen um mm-hmm. i don't know if they've if you know them i i don't know if they kind of settled into uh uh positioning for them in the end of the season it looks like looks like a little bit they played nicholas wood um yeah, yeah. justin evan nicholas wood for um the lineup there it seems to be mm-hmm. what they settled on um yep. and I mean, with that lineup, they they kind of struggled. Uh, I don't know when they set that lineup, but the last six games have been really back and forth. Win, loss, win, loss, win, loss, win, loss, win. Um, against not really great teams is yeah. what I'm worried about, right? So they lost mm-hmm. to Myrtle Beach twice. They lost to Jackson 5. Um and those weren't necessarily close games. I mean, the second time to Myrtle Beach was a, a seven-point game, 10 points to Jackson. The first time they lost by 23 points to Myrtle Beach. So um, that worries me when you're going up against just a uh, point behemoth in Ann Arbor Bing Bongs um, mm-hmm. who can just score, and they can score whenever they want. So, um, yeah, looking at the at the – defensive it doesn't look like Ocala is a very defensive team um they have just a great score in Elijah but they don't have great defense which I think is a bad matchup against Ann Arbor Mm -hmm. yeah yeah fair enough all right let's look at the last matchup in this group we got Rockford Files against the Cedar Crappage Cheese Eaters so um Rockford Won their uh, conference tournament and got the 60. They're not top 10 in any statistical category. Uh, Cedar Crapids is number nine in three pointers attempted, number six in defensive three pointers allowed, number 10 in offensive rebounds, number three in turnovers, number nine in defensive points allowed. So, um, yeah, they got a couple uh, things there. Not a great strength of schedule, 204, but they get one of the last at large bids. Um, in the tournament, I think the last one was, um, so Aspen, Aspen got in, 
Lincoln. Yeah, yeah. So they were the last one to get in Cedar hmm. Rapids West. And then Aspen wow. was the second to last one um, to get in. So really close there. Um, obviously, some teams got um, – yeah, there was a few teams that, you know, feel like they got snubbed. But um, what do you think? Do you think – a team like uh, Cedar Kravitz has a chance against a team like Rockford. And you got uh, guys like, you got guys on Rockford. I mean, Rockford's always really talented, great coach, but you got guys like Rodolfo Logan, uh, Adolfo Moreno. Yeah, probably not as good as previous teams, but still obviously really solid. Yeah. Rockford is a deep team. Right, mm-hmm. you're seeing that their their bench plays a lot. Their bench, you have two guys on there that are averaging eight points. Two other guys averaging four. Basically, the other three are averaging four points per game. Uh, so they are a very team oriented team. Um, they share the ball well. Um, I'm really interested to see that Cedar Rapids has struggled so much with mm-hmm. their junior and freshman class. Um, I guess they don't have a ton of height. They're having to play. Looks like Jalen Lyman as a six four backup power forward, which is definitely is that's always going to hurt you. Um, but I, I wonder. I'm I'm sure that must be really frustrating. Uh, yeah, coming from somewhat of experience with that this last year of trying to figure out your team and it's just not working. Um, even though they don't have a ton of blocks, they're handling. Uh, they have decent defense against their strength of schedule, 41% field. Um, and But Rockford, I mean, Rockford is just a really yeah. great team. Uh, I, I don't know, like, what's the condition that we're looking for here. Is it – because it's not even necessarily like, okay, just foul out Rockford's starters, right? That's not necessarily it because you already know that their backups are playing really well. Um, yeah. So, I think uh, we need to see last year's Nathan Phillips if they want a chance. I mean, Nathan Phillips had a really great year last year. He was he was a pretty solid recruit, I think. Um, yeah. And he just hasn't been the same this year. Um, a lot less efficient, less points. That sophomore year slump. Yeah. Playing worse defense. Um, I mean, he's gonna have to step up, you know, and he's gonna have to, he's gonna have to show Adolfo Moreno, he's better, I think. Mm. Yeah. So, cool. Let's look at this bracket real quick and make some picks. Um, I'm gonna take Waterloo over Shawnee, Aberdeen over Peoria, and then I'm taking Aberdeen to the Sweet 16 over Waterloo. Uh, I'm gonna take Salem over Virginia Beach, um, and Salem to the Elite Eight. With Amish Rivera, we got people in the stands churning butter. Um, this guy, this guy, uh, he's actually Amish, so that, that's why they all call him Amish Rivera. Then on the bottom half, I got Wooster over Fremont, and then I got Ann Arbor over Rockford, and Wooster over Ann Arbor, and Wooster going to the final four. Nice. Um, yeah, Waterloo meeting Aberdeen. Aberdeen going out, Salem uh, meeting Aberdeen and take Salem that way uh, to the Elite Eight. Wooster and Fremont. I'm going to take Fremont, a little bias there. Uh, 
Homer. Homer. <laughs> uh, Ann Arbor um, meeting Fremont in the Sweet 16. Uh, yeah, that's a tough one. Um, I think I'm going to take Ann Arbor in that uh, and Ann Arbor taking Salem um, into – so Ann Arbor is going to make it to the Final Four is where, where I'd go on that. Nice. All right. Well, that wraps us up for uh, this uh, this region. Um, I think we'll have a couple guys going to talk about next couple on Sunday. And uh, so hopefully you guys enjoy and try and get these out to you after I do a bunch of <laughs> so.